Is anyone hungry? Thirsty? We got one person who's hungry. We got some other people. I mean, to be honest, okay, we got some more over here. To be honest, I'm like, I mean, I'm hungry. I could still go for lunch and all that. But, like, I haven't been hungry in the same way as before Thursday, if you know what I mean, right? Like, like you got to dinner that night, and you're like, do I really? I don't even know if I can read. And then breakfast the next morning, you're still like, I still don't know if I can eat anything. And, you know, hunger and thirst are not, pleasant feelings. I wouldn't describe them as positive or enjoyable feelings, right? And my question today is, are hunger and thirst good or bad? Because they're not enjoyable. We do everything within our powerful to, to get rid of them, to make them be quiet, because I don't know about you, but as soon as I wake up in the morning, right after I put the dog out on the lead into the cold now, I go and get my glass of water and I chug that thing so that my mouth won't feel so dry anymore. It wakes me up. It refreshes me. I don't want to be thirsty anymore. And, you know, we talk all the time about being hangry, but you never hear anybody talk about being thirst cray. Okay, so now, if you ever use that, cite me. Make sure you do. But anyway, I mean, it's possible to get thirst cray. It's just like your thirst doesn't cause you to go crazy as fast as your hunger, in my opinion. Okay? So we do everything within our power to get rid of hunger, too, because we do get hangry. And while I would admit, admit that hanger has affected me throughout all of my life, it's only been within the fa past five years that I've finally just embraced it. Because there are points now, literally, where we'll get home, Kayla and I will get home, and we'll start a discussion, and then I feel myself just getting upset. And it's like, I should not be upset right now. So I'm just say, pause. Okay, we're just going to wait to have this conversation until after dinner. And it's amazing what happens. I, I go from Oscar the Grouch to Elmo. Do -do 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 -do. Jared's world, right? We do everything within our power to get rid of hunger and thirst. Are they bad things or are they good things? And if you had the option to never be hungry again, to never be thirsty again, would you take it? If you could hit a magic button and never feel those feelings again, would you press it? And so that's what we're going to be exploring today. We're looking at Psalm 107 that Pastor Christian read for us this morning. I'm going to read it one more time for us just because I want it to sink in. Psalm wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry 
with good things. So this is a psalm expressing thankfulness. This is a psalm expressing praise. We find ourselves in the midst of the Israelites who are wandering in the wilderness, which will bring your mind back to the Exodus, though from what my research says, that's not the situation that this psalm is describing, okay? But nonetheless, you're going to be reminded of that, of, of the people of God wandering in the wilderness and God feeding them. And here we find them again, wandering in the wilderness after, in the midst of exile, and they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're without a home. And so this psalm looks towards physical hunger and physical thirst, but while it speaks to that, while I think that the Lord is the provider of our physical needs, I think underneath that it's also speaking of spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst. Because these people cried out and God met them. He filled their stomachs. He quenched their thirst. He met their physical needs. And in the midst of that too, he met their spiritual needs. God meets all our needs. But what if they had never been hungry in the first place? Why did they ever have to get hungry? So here's some possible scenarios, okay, in which we would never be hungry or thirsty again. The first of which is we just turn the senses off, okay? Like you still need to eat, you still need to drink, but you're never going to feel hungry again. You're never going to feel thirsty again. You know, even this morning I got in my car and there was that stupid tire pressure light blinking at me again. My tire pressure's fine, okay? I just checked it, but it's blinking at me because one of the sensors is bad. I just fixed one of those things. Now I got to fix another one. Sometimes I just wish I could turn it off because I can check my tire pressure myself. Right? I just get that little gauge out. It'll tell me what I need to know. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just turn the senses off sometime? You could turn the hunger off. You won't have to deal with the hanger. You won't have to deal with the thirst. You could schedule it in your day. You know you have to eat, but you're not going to have any warning signs. You're not going to have anything nagging at you. Your stomach's not going to be grumbling at you. What if you could just turn it off? Wow, that'd be great. The only problem with that is, is like, imagine if you just turned all the lights in your car off, right? It'd be great. Wouldn't be blinking at you anymore. Wouldn't be annoying. But at some point, you're probably going to have a check engine issue, but you're never going to know. Maybe you're running low on oil and you never would have known because the light's not going off. So, that's one possible scenario. We just turn off the senses, the hunger and the thirst, so we can never be hungry again. But it doesn't really seem like the most practical situation. So let's explore some other options. So option number two would be we're never hungry and we're never thirsty again because we don't need food anymore. We don't need water anymore. Like, can you imagine if you had a car and you never had to fill up on gas? You never had to do any regularly scheduled maintenance. That thing would just go forever. And then you, you would never have to eat or sleep or drink ever again. Wouldn't that be nice? To not have to be slowed down by your lunch break. To not have to wait to go into the pool to swim anymore. Because you wouldn't have ate beforehand. 
Except while, while this is, you know, possible and feasible in my mind, it's like, let's be honest, don't you like food? Aren't you going to miss the brownies? The corn casserole? Aren't you going to miss it? Because something about being human is to be around food. We have this whole world that God has made with food. And then we would be missing out on that. Not to mention all the things that we do that gathers around food, so then we're going to have to figure out how to do community all over again. And then the final reason, from a theological standpoint, if you were totally self-sufficient, you'd be God. And you can't be that. Because you always need something from him, because he's your source, okay? So option number one, not feasible. Can't turn off the senses. Option number two doesn't seem reasonable. Can't just be totally self-sufficient. So here's the final way that we could be without hunger and without thirst. What if God just always filled us? Because you all know a guy. You know a guy who's so obsessed with taking care of his car that he has 400 microfiber towels in his garage that he's stopping at every gas station to top it off. He's always shining it up. If you were good enough at taking care of yourself, taking care of your car, it would be possible that your lights would never go off again, ever, within the whole life of the car, if you did it right. What if God just always kept you full? so that you would never be hungry? What if God always filled you spiritually so that you would never have to feel the lack of him? Because the first two just don't seem realistic, but this seems like it could be possible. Why doesn't God just keep pouring out and pouring out so that we never have to be hungry? Why did he let the Israelites get to this spot in the first place? Because if he would have just gave them food to begin with, they would have never been hungry. Why can't he do that for us? What's the problem? Why can't God just always keep us full. So Brett worked at a auto manufacturing plant, Joyota. Uh, he was a big time, he got a big time exec job and I got all kinds of perks and one of them was that he got a free car and uh, he drove to work the first day, wasn't sure what to expect and he was greeted by a maintenance man as soon as he came through the gate. And the guy said, hey, uh, I understand you're new here, Brett. I would love to be able to take care of your car each and every work day. I'll top off the gas. I'll make sure everything's ready to go. You won't have to worry about anything. Just put your keys in the drop box. I'll take care of it. And Brett's like, okay, this is great. And, I mean, for 10 years, this goes on. I mean, there's some new cars that get cycled in there, but Brett's car was always taken care of. He, he never had to worry about putting gas in it, except maybe on the weekend or on vacation when he would go on a long trip. Because for the most part, I mean, everything was just taken care of. He would brag about how great this perk was to all of his friends. It really was one of the favorite parts of his job because he never had to think about all the headaches that cars cause. Except one day, 
went to work as usual, dropped his keys in the dropbox, and he came back, and his car hadn't moved. Hmm. Must be a fluke. He even had to get somebody to open the dropbox so he could get his key out, keys out and so he could go home. Um, but this started to go on for days, and days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months, and when Brett finally had to figure out how to change his oil, when Brett had to figure out how to refill the tire pressure, when Brett started to have to fill up on gas like all the time, he just had had it. So he went into work the next day. He was bound and determined to find this guy who had always taken care of his car. And he looked high and low throughout the whole plant. And he couldn't even find the guy. And finally, he went to the lunchroom. He's talking to one of his friends. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw him out front eating a sandwich on the park bench. So Brett stomped out there, looked him straight in the eye, and said, you've got a lot of nerve that was the best part of my job, not having to think about anything. That was the best perk here. And I know that you aren't doing your job. And I'm coming to you to make sure that you start taking care of my car again. And the guy finished his sandwich and calmly replied, You know, Brett, I've done this for 10 years, taking care of your car. You haven't had to worry about anything. But not once did you ever thank me. Not once did you uh, ever get to know me. Not once did you ever show any appreciation whatsoever. In fact, I'm certain you still don't know what my name is. And, and also, on top of that, this is literally the longest conversation we have ever had. And it was prompted by your car not being fixed. And so the guy just got up, threw his wrapper in the trash, and walked away. And Brett just stood there dumbfounded. Because, I mean, he was convicted. He was convicted. And so he stood there for a while, and one of his friends came up behind him, put him on his, his hand on his shoulder, and he said, Hey, buddy, what were you talking to the CEO about? If God were to always fill us so that we were never hungry, we would take him for granted. The hunger is not a punishment. It may not be comfortable, but it is not a bad thing. He leaves us hungry so that we come to him who is the source. Hunger is not meant to make you suffer. It's meant to lead you to him. Hunger reminds us of our need for God. Hunger reminds us of our need for God. So while this psalm is talking about physical needs... I think it's really hinting at the deeper spiritual needs of our souls. 
And we find ourselves maybe bitter when God has left us spiritually hungry and it doesn't seem like he's filling us right away. When it seems like we're spiritually dry and and nothing seems to happen in our lives spiritually. We're spiritually hangry. We're spiritually thirst-cray. Your parched soul longs for a drink of God's love that it hasn't felt in months. Your grumbling inner world yearns for an assignment from God and the destiny that he's laid out for you, but you don't know what that is. You crave to hear a word from the Lord. You ache for the Bible to seem exciting again. You just want God's peace to wash over you. You want to feel the joy of the Lord again, but you're just left hungry. And so it's easy just to say, whatever, I'm done. He's left us hungry for him, thirsty for his divine touch. So what part of your spiritual life is dry? What are you hungry for more of in your spiritual life, but it just doesn't seem to be happening yet? What are you thirsty for? that you're looking for the Lord to give you a drink of. Because while we don't like being hungry, the hunger is what leads us to God. And that's what makes it a good thing. And so before we ever talk about solving the puzzle, I want to begin to just focusing on how we can change the perspective of what hunger is all about. And so we've talked about being thankful for God's faithfulness. We've talked about being thankful for God's salvation. We've talked about being thankful for God's provision. But I also want you to be thankful for the hunger that he's put within you. Because thank God for the hunger that led me to the cross of Jesus Christ to repent of my sin. Thank God for the hunger that made me learn more about his word. Thank God for the thirst that led me to found the friendship of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the thirst that led me to find the destiny that God has always had for me before I was even born. Because if I had never been hungry, if I had never been thirsty, I would never have found the living water. I would never have found the bread of life. The thirst and the hunger aren't cruelty. They're signs guiding you back home. Invitations into a deeper walk with Christ. It's not cruelty. It's God saying, come my son. Come my daughter. I have more for you. If the Israelites would never have been hungry, they would have never cried out for God, and he would never have given them the good things that he wanted to give them. He wants to give you the good things. He's not going to leave you hungry forever. He's not going to leave you thirsty forever. In the meantime, is it fun? No. But know that the hunger and thirst are invitations Evidence of the Spirit moving within you, drawing you closer to Jesus Christ. So thank God for the hunger. So embrace the hunger. Embrace the hunger. 
Embrace what God is doing in your life here and now in these moments. Because it's easy to push it away. It's easy when God isn't going to, it doesn't seem like he's moving in your life. When you, when you go to the word and it doesn't seem like he's doing anything anymore, it's easy to just say whatever. I'm done crying out. I'm tired of being hungry. I'm just going to forget about it. Embrace the hunger. Remind yourself that it's calling you to a deeper walk with him, to look more and more like Jesus Christ. So remember that the hunger reminds you of your need for God. Thank God for the hunger. Embrace the hunger. And then seek to satisfy the hunger. Seek to satisfy the hunger. Don't just let it sit there. Don't sit there and whine about it. Go to the places where you know he's prone to feeding you. Where you know he's prone to give you the bread of life. The living water. I mean, either you've been a teenager at one point who's been like this, or you have had or currently have a teenager who's walking through your house and saying, there's nothing to eat in here when the cupboards are full. And I think that's what God's house is like. He's made you hungry so that you can grow more and more into his likeness. But you got to be willing to go to him to use what he's providing for you to be able to satisfy that hunger, to learn to cook for yourself. And so you might be going to places where God doesn't seem to be showing up anymore. Change it up. Try something new. Don't give up. Keep going to his word. Shake up your spiritual disciplines. Do something a little different. Thank God for the hunger. Embrace the hunger and seek to satisfy it. But at the end of the day, really, if you're going to remember one thing from this sermon, it's to thank God for the hunger. Thank God for the hunger that led you to where you are today. Thank God for the hunger in you right now that's going to lead you to where he wants you tomorrow. Thank God for the hunger in the future that's going to help you to walk into the destiny that he's always had for you. And so, you know, I know this is a shorter sermon today, but that's fine. That's okay. I want to give you a time for reflection, time to be able to just let it sink in, to thank God for the hunger that he's placed in your life. And so let's bow our heads and just think through all the things, all the ways that God has made you hungry in the past, how he has made you hungry now, and give praise to him silently by yourself.
thank you for making us hungry. Thank you for making us thirsty to be more like you, to be closer to you. Lord, help us to embrace this hunger in this time, in this place. Help us to seek after you, to have the faith to know that you want to fill us with good things. You want to satisfy us, and you will not leave us hungry and thirsty forever. And if you're in this room today, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, and, and you've been hungry for something spiritually, but you haven't known what it is, but something today is telling you that it's Jesus Christ, the living water, the bread of life. He wants to satisfy you today. And so if that's you in this room and you've never committed yourself to Jesus Christ, I just want to give you an opportunity. Raise your hand with no one looking around. I'd like to do that today. And if you are in this room and you find yourself hungry and thirsty spiritually, but it doesn't seem like God has met it yet, and it's frustrating, and you want someone to pray for you, I just want you to raise your hand this morning. We pray for those in this room who it seems like you've left them hungry for too long, thirsty for tear too long, and they've grown weary. Lord, would you fill them soon? Would you give them a small meal even today so that they can be reminded of your goodness, that the hunger itself is a gift? And Lord, when we get hungry in the future, would you help us to be thankful, to not be discouraged by the enemy, but to be able to embrace the fact that you are drawing us deeper into relationship with you. And we pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're going to be moving into a time of communion. So if you didn't get a cup on the way in, make sure you raise your hand and our stewards will get those to you at this time. Just raise it high. It looks like we got one up here in the front row over here. Um, what a better day to celebrate communion than when we're talking about the hunger that God gives us. And today as we participate in communion, I want you to just reflect on how this is a sign. This is a sign that he makes us hungry, but he will feed you at some point. He's going to fill you at some point. And so as we partake in the, the bread and the juice today, if you're, if you're a Christian, you call yourself a follower of Christ, you're, you're welcome to participate with us. But as you participate in it, be reminded of that. Be reminded of the goodness of the hunger. Be reminded of the fact when the bread and the juice are swallowed, 
that you will be filled, that you will be satisfied, that you will have good things from the Lord. So let's pray to consecrate these elements this morning. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the goodness of hunger. And thank you for the opportunity to gather together to be able to celebrate communion. Lord, we remember that it is because of your son's sacrifice that we partake in this meal. To never forget the goodness of that sacrifice that covers our sins. And the resurrection that makes us be able to live victoriously above the enemy. Lord, as we partake in these elements, would you bless them and pour out grace in our lives so that we could look a little bit more like Jesus today than we did yesterday. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.